Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1979's The Brood, directed by David Cronenberg. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, To Catch a Thief. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. Good movie. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's probably not Hitchcock's best movie, but if you just want to see um, good people doing good things, I mean, Grace Kelly and Cary Grant and, um, and, some of the best cinematography there's ever been in the movies. Um, mm-hmm. Just check it out because you'll have a good time. That's on Netflix right now. Yeah, right? I, I yeah. was really surprised when I found that. I just mm-hmm. I, I, there it was. I was like, "To Catch a Thief is here," so I checked it out. Yeah, yeah, good movie. Yep, I watched another David Cronenberg film. Nice, Naked Lunch from 1991. <laughs> okay, have you seen that one? Yes, I have. That's a movie right there. That's uh, <laughs> something else right yeah. there. Uh, yeah, you get Peter Weller's in there, uh-huh. RoboCop himself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a it's just a very messed up movie, man. And for David Cronenberg, it's messed up. Yeah, I know. For his standards, it's messed up, man. I, the the book is kind of unfilmable, you know. Like yeah. like it's one of these things you you just kind of looked at it was like, how would they ever make a movie, you know, out of that? And he he tried. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's and it and it's just full of shocking and weird imagery. And I couldn't even tell you what really was going on. It's, like it, I, I, I don't know. I read the book like about six years ago, and I. I, I felt the same way, and then I watched the movie, and I felt even even more lost. And I, I mean, I, I really like it. I enjoy myself. Yeah. But I don't think I don't I don't even think William Burroughs can explain it. You know, honestly. I don't know. It's it's just about drugs. It was cool. Yeah. But uh, weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, David Cronenberg. I've been on a kick lately. Yeah. Because uh, this movie by David Cronenberg, The Brood. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. Uh, so this is one of David Cronenberg's uh, earlier works, and it is about a clinic that deals in a, a science that's called psychoplasmics. And um, what it is is kind of this, this therapy where you take a, a, a mentally disabled person and, and you, you, you work through their issues by, like, role-playing. And there's, um, you know, there, 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 there are questionable tactics that go into it. Yeah. And uh, Oliver Reed is the, is the doctor who, who, I guess... You Dr. Know, Raglan. Yes, Dr. Raglan. He, he found... He, discovered this this therapy he's the one who practices it uh th- th- there is a there's a man who whose wife is one of dr is dr raglan's star patient and he's trying to he's trying to get her out of there and he also like knows that she needs help but because it's starting to affect his life and and their daughter's life he he, he knows he has to do something about it right yeah it, the movie opens with one of these psychoplasmic sessions yeah with another man mike i believe his name is michael he shows up mm-hmm. in and out of the movie yeah and at first you come in and you're like, well, what is this? Is this some kind of, you know, theater? Yeah. You know, it was a, this isn't a very good play. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that's one of the most, that, I would watch that play. Yeah. It yeah. was good. I know. So Raglan is role playing as the father to Michael. Right. And Michael's breaking down in tears and he says, I wish I wasn't born a girl and all this. And as you do with therapy, you work through issues and yes. that's what's happening here. But it's this very extremely emotional and right. like intense role playing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God, Oliver Reed is amazing here. Yeah, I know. And, and it's and and like you said, it's right when the movie starts. It, it comes right in. I mean, it's just like it just grabs you right. It's a then. dark stage with two people on it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. And uh, just going through this conversation. And incredibly intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, like one it's one of the most he, he specializes in this, David Cronenberg, like really arresting opening scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this one is right up there. I mean, Oliver Reed is 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 just sitting looking into the eyes of another person and 
like never wavering and he, mm -hmm. he just keeps getting more and more like cruel with what he's saying to this yeah. other person and the other person is letting it happen to them um, whoever this actor who's playing Michael is, yeah. um, he he's right there with the great Oliver Reed in putting out this this uh, this really amazing play that is there for our like to to show us what the therapy is. Right, and um, there's something we should note is that this Michael character has these like almost welts or injuries all over yes. his body, and that's kind of a through line of the movie, uh -huh. which I guess is some kind of side effect or maybe even a desired effect of the psychoplasmic therapy. Yes. Uh, we can get into that more later when mm -hmm. we come back to it. Right. But, um, yeah, the movie opens with this because Frank, he's the father of the little girl and his wife's in therapy. Art Hindle. Art Hindle, yeah. Art Hindle. Yeah. Uh, he's playing Frank. <laughs> and he comes there, I guess, to pick up his daughter or something. His daughter's there to his see his mother. Yeah, his daughter was there or, visiting his yeah. mother who's in the clinic. So he noticed these welts on his daughter's body. Candy, they yes. call her Candace. Uh -huh. So this starts a whole series of things, him trying to get his daughter full custody from his mother and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. Right. And uh, that's kind of how the movie gets rolling because yeah. he keeps digging into these things a little farther, trying to find more reasons to take the daughter as evidence. Yes. And uh, he starts finding things he probably shouldn't be finding. <laughs> He he despises Doctor Raglan. He 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 really yeah. he has no patience for this man. He he wants his wife, even even though he he knows his wife is sick. He he just just as a, like for humanity's sake, he wants him and everybody else in that clinic out of there. Right. Uh, because he he doesn't agree with these with, with these methods and they're questionable. Yeah, they're, they're totally questionable. Mm -hmm. I mean, like like I'll just I, I was gonna kind of save it for the the middle of the discussion. He Oliver Reed. He reminds me of L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, you know, who? L. Ron Hubbard. Who is L. Ron Hubbard? He's the the founder of Scientology. Okay, okay. You know, that that is what this is. That I mean, like what we're watching is the auditing process in Scientology. Oh yeah. So, like, <laughs> David Cronenberg in the seventies, like, was way out ahead of of everybody. I mean, like, like the master from Paul Thomas Anderson, uh -huh. um, is you know, it, it's it's a take on L. Ron Hubbard in Scientology. Yeah, and it's a great great movie. The stuff that's in this. Is very reminiscent of you know what Paul Thomas Anderson does in that film when Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing the L. Ron Hubbard surrogate. It is what mm -hmm. he's doing with with Oliver Reed in this movie. I I could see that. Yeah, it's, it's very he's very commanding when he's absolutely speaking. yes pig fuck. Oh you know? God, God, I know. That's a great I line know. in that movie. Yes, dude. yes. But man, yeah, I see that now. Totally right. Yeah, he's got this quote-unquote cult now totally he's uh brainwashing everyone mm -hmm. man yeah totally dude <laughs> yeah that's right this is i mean this is just it, it's a it's a weird th and, and i mean i i guess when you're when, when anyone is is receiving therapy they're, they're going to to like regard their therapist as an authority figure and kind mm -hmm. of do what they want in, in this case it's it's highly sinister because Whatever this guy is doing, there is no basis for it in any science that we know of. Right, and I wanted to talk about Ragland a lot yeah. because he's—it's a great character and a great performance from Oliver Reed. Yeah, he's my favorite thing in the movie. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, even more than the Brood. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> he's as awesome as those, the Brood. All those little broods. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like when he's doing these therapy sessions, and mainly he's doing them with Nola, who is the mother. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, you just don't know what you're gonna get from him. You don't know what his motives are, yeah. and you don't know how far he's going to take it, right. and if maybe he's going to get violent, or you have no clue what's going to happen, and he's terrifying for that reason, for that unpredictability, man. He is <laughs> such a great villain. 
I mean, I know. It, it's more just like the antagonist. He's yeah. not a villain. He's not per really se. a villain. He, he's yeah. just such a he. He's a. Uh, well, he's a masterful actor for one thing. Right. So, so there's that, and he's doing a lot of it just very mannered. He's not raising his voice, you know, in almost any scene, right. even when he's being cruel or when he's saying, you know, like like rotten things to the person. He, he's just very measured. And yep. whenever one of these scenes starts where he's doing this therapy, you, you kind of perk up like, oh man, like yeah. what's going to happen here? They're the you best know? scenes in the movie. They dude. are so even, good. And even if you are scared by them, you you you, you look forward to seeing what's going to happen with them because they're it's such rich material. Yeah, dude. And you said that Michael actor like that. Yeah, that that's just as he's matching uh, yeah. Oliver Reed and Samantha Egger. Uh, oh. Who plays Nola is just as good. She's just and as good wow, too. I know. So good. Yeah. When she thinks she's talking to her father, and then midway through this therapy, or he, he thinks it's the when they're when they're doing the mother. Mm-hmm. He's pretending she's her mother. Yes. And then he flips it like mid therapy to where he is now her or something. Yes. And, and, wow, it's really weird and <laughs> how it just pivots and then the the patient flips a switch in their mind mm-hmm. and they take what they've just learned from the last minute as another character to learn something as this other character it's really strange but very interesting and the acting's amazing and we have to go on that same journey like mm-hmm. with, with, that, that Samantha Egger is on yeah because like we're kind of at least in those scenes we're, we're experiencing it from her point of view and so when Oliver Reed does you know change characters per se you know, we have to pick up on it the same as she does. Mm-hmm. And then we have to pick up on her change. And we have to, like, it, it's kind of expecting a lot of us. Yeah. But, but we get it. Well, he doesn't come out and say, now I'm your mother. Exactly. He just changes the way he phrases a sentence. Yep. And you're like, well, now he's someone else. And you get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. Pretty good. And that, that's good writing, too. Oh, I man, mean, yeah. Cronenberg writes some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, wow. Um, Gary McKeon is Michael. Okay, so well, Gary, Gary good on you, yeah, man. Yeah, Gary, this was an this was an excellent performance, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he was also in Rabid. Okay, and Love and Human Remains. I've never seen that. I have I not know. seen that film. The Boys no. of Saint Vincent. Looks like a lot of horror movies from the eighties and nineties. Okay, so. well, good whatever. For him. Gary McKean, keep it up, boy. Right. <laughs> uh, if he's still around, I have yeah. no clue. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, the Brood got him. So, <laughs> if Gary McKean is listening to this podcast, that would be something. Yeah. You know? So like. The beginning of the movie is almost kind of kind of like a mystery like that, you know? Yeah. Like we're like, well, what's going on? And mm-hmm. then uh, the daughter goes to stay with her grandmother for some reason. I can't remember. But while she's there, one of these, like a child attacks the house. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what it is because you, you don't get, you know, a visual of what it is. Just something is attacking the kitchen. Yes. And the grandmother goes in there and then gets murdered, you know, by a meat tenderizer. Yeah. By like a little kid. It's it's really creepy. Uh, all you see uh, when, when when the meat tenderizer gets her, all you see is like a child's hand in a in a child's jacket. Like bring the yep. bring the mallet up, yeah. And y- you know that there's something small in there, but it's it's not making human noises. No, and it's not talking necessarily. And it just this is like th- this is how to build terror in in a, in a horror film. Yeah, you know, I mean, because you you literally. Even even when you see blood, you're not seeing actual like violent acts. All you're right. seeing is like the, the the actress who's playing the mother just reacting to being hit, mm-hmm. and 
then there's like some sound work that's done so so that you know that that that, that this thing that this this brood uh-huh. as we as we you know we've <laughs> yeah, been calling him he's a it's a brood it's a brood right <laughs> um in 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 the scariest moment of that is when Candace comes in to like to like see what happened with her grandmother and she just sees the grandma on the ground you know like dead and having uh-huh. beaten up and she goes over to the staircase and the brood is there mm mm-hmm. Like all you see again is that hand, like like clutching the banister. Yeah, and and it's 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 a jump it, scare. It looks like a gorilla at a cage grabbing yes. this. Like, yes, that's that's what it looks like. Right, that motion it makes. Uh huh. Grabbing the handlebars and then yeah, like let's right. go real quick. Right, bloody fingerprints. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, it a was lot. really cool. And and it, and and in this scene at least, the 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 face is not revealed. Not really. You can't really make anything out. Uh huh. And you're like, what is that? And it looks like. You get just get enough glimpses of it to see, like, okay, it looks like a child. It looks like a human child yeah. in some ways. Yeah. yeah. One great thing about it is they are always dressed kind of just like uh, Candy is. Yes. Uh, so for even a little while, you're like, well, is Candace actually killing them? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, you the way they tell. I know. You, and especially in that scene, mm-hmm. it, the way they frame it, like, like you just see kind of an outline of, of like the bangs coming out of the hood uh-huh. of the coat. They have the same hair. They have the same hairstyle. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm thinking, is that is that is that Candace? Is, is Candace doing this? Yeah. Like and I had no idea. I'd never seen this before until mm-hmm. I watched it. And I had I'd, I'd never really heard much about it. I just know it, it's, you know, people like it and it's right. considered a good movie. Right. So, I, I didn't know anything about it, mm-hmm. so I was just in a total mystery. Like, what's going yeah. on? Well, I got to figure this out, man. Right? It could be that. Could it be this? Who yes. knows? Uh, it's good. It's good filmmaking. It's yeah. It's, it's better it's, than it's the awesome last filmmaking. Mo- oh. movie we did, dude. Man, I, I'm so. Uh, I, well, I just told him we talked about it before we got on the air. I am so relieved that we got to do a David Cronenberg film. Yeah, dude. I mean, even if he had made, even if we were doing something he made while he was in film school, I would take it over Lucio Fulci and <laughs> the Beyond. Yeah, dude. You know, because this is real filmmaking, man. Yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's also another brood attack later on the grandfather who flies in the town. Yeah. And then there's another one later. The teacher gets brooded. Yes. And <laughs> and at that point, you realize, okay, there's something else going on. Uh-huh. Because you see more of the creature and that kind of thing. And you're like, what the heck? So after it attacks the grandfather, Frank comes over. Yeah. Because the grandfather is drunk and calls him and is like, "I gotta go get her out of that hell hole." And Talking like about his daughter. Yeah, he's like, "Don't, his... don't leave. I'm coming over." Uh-huh. So he comes over. Uh, the grandfather gets brooded. Frank shows up <laughs> and sees his body, and then the brood kind of attacks him, and Frank is able to like, you know, fend it off a little, and yeah. uh, it dies. And uh, you get to see the brood now, and it's this weird, deformed kid. <laughs> it's the face is very deformed. Yeah. So they take it to the hospital, I guess, gets an autopsy, and then you learn about its physiology and stuff. Yes. It has like a sack attached to its back, kind of like a breathing tank. Uh-huh. And once it's out of air, it dies. And right. I guess he popped the sack. During the fight, I noticed he like backs into a wall and smashes it, and then, then it dies. Yes. That's awesome, dude. This thing has a sack <laughs> that it has to breathe out of. Yes. It's so weird. I know. And there's no belly button, which is the main thing they point out. Um, this thing has never been born, is uh-huh. what they say, which is such an enticing sentence. <laughs> yes. This kid has never been born. That's weird. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> and the guy playing the um, the coroner, I guess, uh, the medical examiner, he's explaining all this to Frank and, and, and this cop. Why is um, he explaining it to Frank? 
I, I, I don't know why. That doesn't why. make sense. It, but anyway, it's, it's, he's explaining. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a lot of exposition that gets yeah. that gets you know like spewed forth in this one scene. It's totally for our benefit, right? Which is fine, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little bit clumsy at times. Um, but I still I still liked the guy's reading. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like the guy's performance in it, and because he, he he's kind of medically fascinated. It reminded me of the oh, guy yeah. at the end of Psycho, um, mm-hmm. like the the psychiatrist who's explaining, you know, like uh, Norman Bates' condition for like ten minutes. Yep. And he just goes on and on pacing the room. It, you they're know. admiring it. Yes. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I I kind of liked it. That's I liked it too. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, Frank has no reason to be in that coroner's no, office. I mean, no. No. <laughs> what does he do? Is he like a cop or a an artist or so? what is his what job? Is Frank? I think he's know? an architect. An architect? Because he, he goes into a building at one point I where mean, there's construction going on. He's wearing a hard hat, but he's got a suit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you get attacked by someone, you're not going to be in the coroner's office getting explained about the, the body. I mean, it's like... It's it's okay. Like like I'm I'm grateful for one thing, but uh, uh-huh. but it's also kind of weird in a horror movie. Um, have you noticed the cops never suspect Frank of these murders? Oh yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. I, I kept thinking that it was going to happen, like like that detective was going to look at him sideways. Hey, these people, these bodies keep turning well, up. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that. I am too. I'm really this glad. movie. What was it? A nice like. 91 yeah. minutes or something? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I was excited when I looked at the time. Right. I, like, I know. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, like, the cops are really dumb in the film. Like, they're, they're way, like, behind on everything. But at least they're not, like, they're not coming after the, the protagonist. Man, I the hardly film. even remember cops being in the movie. Like, so, I mean, it's, they're not important. They're to not the a plot. real presence. No. They're not, they don't matter to the movie. And no. I'm glad they didn't throw this shit in there. Exactly. I mean, David Cronenberg probably could have found a way to make them integral to something. Yeah. But he made it work without that so good. And and I, th- I guess the only the only reason for them there is so that we can have that coroner's office scene where yeah. we get explained with, with the brood thing on the slab. Like, and I mean, we can, they could have you know... just said Frank was a cop or a doctor or something. That would have made more sense. That's you possible, know? But yeah. But whatever, it doesn't right. matter. Anyways, we've kind of latched onto this non-thing. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> it happens sometimes. <laughs> um, and let's talk about the teacher's yeah. brooding. Um, That's a great scene. It's a great scene. So the, yeah. the teacher... Um, it's played by Susan Hogan. Yeah. Ruth Mayer is the character's name. So the teacher wants to talk to Frank about her daughter, his daughter's like behavior and that kind of stuff because she, she knows it's strange. And mm-hmm. I think she sees these welts on her body. Yeah. Um, so they end up having like a dinner date, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, which goes nowhere, which is good. It, uh, I don't yeah, need a da- damn romance in this movie. Oh, me neither. No way. Um, and he's married right now, by the he's way. He's still so married. It, it, yeah. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think he makes it a date, but it's totally, hey, come to my place. L- l- he, yeah, the only totally. reason you invite a lady over like in that situation is because he fancies her. He yeah. wants to, you know, yeah. He's like, we can talk. Yeah, oh, we that, can you talk. You can also do something exactly. else that ends in a Jeez, K. No K- yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's have this conversation on school grounds, not over candlelight at my house. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so she knows something's up, uh-huh. and then it comes later at school. Uh, she's in class, and two strange children walk into class with the rest of the class, and mm. no one notices a couple extra broods walking around. <laughs> Which I thought is so cool. They just it's blend right in because they look like kids, They look man. like children until yeah. they turn around and you look at their faces. Right. And everyone who encounters them just kind of like, they don't immediately recoil in terror. They they, they kind of like squint, their, their faces contort, like, what oh, am I looking at? Poor child. Yeah. What a poor child, man. Yes. And so they go and they get candy from the class and hide her somewhere yeah. and then grab two more meat tenderizers. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're actually like toy mallets, you know, yeah. for the kindergarten class or yeah. whatever. But they each grab one and they proceed to beat the teacher to death in front of the children. It's it's intense. It's man. harrowing, man. Yeah. This is this is because the the kids are just screaming and and they're crying and there's an aftermath of them like just standing over this yeah. this this teacher who's just been bloody, you know, like just just a pool of blood and everything. Yep. And like it's real kids looking at this scene and yep. man, I, I I can't believe it. And just like you said, like hearing the the cries of these children yes. while you're seeing these a teacher getting beaten to death in front of Ugh. oh, it's terrifying. And like the ki- from the kids' point of view, they don't know what's going on. No. They know something bad's happening, and they don't know these are monsters killing no. this lady. They think they're two children. Right. These kids are just beating the teacher to death. <laughs> these kids are gonna have problems. Yeah. Oh man, growing up, man. The ripple effect Dude. of of Oliver Reed's bullshit. I oh, mean, what yeah. A, what a, oh, what a shit. Exactly. I mean, he's just just wrecked. You know, thirty children in one afternoon. Okay, so what? So what Oliver Reed, what is what's his like end game here? Is he trying to create the brood? Or is that no. like a side effect I, I, of his therapy? Yeah, you, it's, you it's know? just a it's, it's just not a really side explained. Effect. Because he, he he is as concerned as as uh as Frank is. Well at the know? end he definitely is. You're right. like, Oh wait, you think Raglan's gonna feed him to the brood or something, yeah. but he's like, No, we have to save your daughter. Right. And he helps him. Right. Which is great. It I is loved cool. that ending. I know. Uh but why is the brood here? They because, don't really explain it. Well, it, it's because, um, like, the whole the whole reason, the, the reason any any of these children, like, it turns out there's about, you know, ten of them. And, yeah. And they all, yeah. like, sleep in these bunks at the Maybe a baker's dozen. Right, something exactly. Like that. Um, and they they are born out of the, the rage that Nola feels toward her parents. Okay. So every time someone in life pisses her off, another one... Like the 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 one either gets born or or one one of them knows to like leave the grounds and go attack this person. Yeah. So that's why the teacher gets it because yeah. she was making time with Frank. Right. And there's a great line. She calls she calls the house to talk to Frank, and the teacher's there. You know, late at night answering the phone, and yeah. she says, "You having a private PTA meeting? You bitch." <laughs> It's yes. great. It's, it's a good Because, <laughs> like, you see Susan Hogan's reaction on yeah. the phone. She's just like, <gasps> you know, like, she can't believe that this person is talking to her like this. And, and I, I, to hear that through the phone is yeah, pretty dude. good. It's good, man. <laughs> yeah, but a but, PTA meeting. But I did notice, like, the, the murders kind of... I'd have to watch it again to make sure I'm correct. But my theory is the murders come... Once something like you said, rage comes yeah. out about that person, right? Like because the mother dies, because yep. they're role playing about the mother, role playing about the father. Then the father dies, and yeah. the teacher dies because she's angry over the phone. And then, why? Why do they go get Candace? Why did they kidnap? Why did the brood kidnap Candace from the school? Because Candace is one of them. Like they, well, they technically, yeah, they're yeah. brothers and sisters, right? So she, they, they just look at her, like. I don't know if the brood does it themselves or if Nola sends them out to get That's her. That's what I was leaning towards. Okay. Like Nola wants her daughter. Yeah. So she sends a couple broods after her. Sure. And they, they bring her back. Right. That's good. It, it is. I it's mean, really cool. That's good. And it, there's a great shot of them walking down the street after after they murder the teacher. It's my favorite shot. Dude, it's I love so it. cool. <laughs> They're walking down this snow-covered street, like yeah. this desolate, like, you know, country road. Uh-huh. Just these three kids in colorful like winter clothing, yeah. these winter snowsuits, just walking, holding hands as a as a truck drives by. I mean, like there's Candace, nothing to it. It's just this amazing no. visual. Candace is in the middle, and the, and the two brood kids are on either side. And like, yeah, 
it's it's such a cool way to because because there and there's no music. It, it's just it's just it's just awesome. It's just them walking and she's going with them willingly. Yep. It seems like she's not fighting them. No, she's not crying. Everyone and their grandma would think this is just three kids walking in the snow. <laughs> and you wouldn't yeah. even realize, oh, there's two monster babies over uh, yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because at first glance, it's just kids. Yeah. So let's explain what the brood is, I guess, now that we're at that point. The brood, like you said, they're born out of Nola's rage. Yeah. But what it is is she has, you know, there's no belly button, like we said. <laughs> she has this, like, like sack that's attached to her stomach, kind yeah. of. What is it, like the ambionic, what's that called? This ambiotic sack. Ambiotic sack. It's like that, but it's external yes. to her body. And these babies are growing in it, and she, you know, like a wild animal, rips it open and pulls out this fetus. <laughs> Man, it's terrifying. She, it's she's gross. dressed for most of the movie in this white tunic. Uh-huh. And when she reveals that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, th- there is this 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 external, uh, uh, I, I can't even... It, it's 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 this, like, the inside of a chicken's egg yeah. is, is, is yeah. what she's got going on there. And, um, man... When she births that thing. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's probably the most famous scene in the film. It, it, it's the yeah. one that I remember that had been noted in some something on Bravo I was watching about, you know, yeah. like the scariest movie moments or whatever. Yeah. And um, when Susan Eggers picks up this, this baby brood mm-hmm. thing and gets it out of that sack and starts to lick it. Oh, God. And she's like licking the, the, the afterbirth and stuff and blood off of it. Oh. It's really, really disturbing. And it, and it stays with you for a couple of hours after the movie is stopped. Yeah, and it's good. It's really, really cool. It's what you expect from David Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Old, earlier David Cronenberg stuff. Right. Man, um, you expect something weird's going on? God, <laughs> the way they just do it is so good. Because the husband, Frank, is confronting her, and it's a big reveal. Like, oh, you, yo, you're ready now to, to be with me and accept yes. me? Well, like, accept this, basically, and yes. shows him, yeah. and he's like, oh, God. Right. And um, like you said, she controls the brood yeah. with her mood and her mind, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's what Raglan explains just before this scene. They they get together, and Raglan says, okay, we got to get candy back from the brood. You have to distract Nola. He tells, so, tells Frank so this. So I right. can go mm-hmm. in there and get candy out before Nola realizes it and sends them in yes. to kill all of us. Right. So... So he goes and tries to love and comfort Nola Mm -hmm. so that the brood is docile. Yes. And when she reveals this to him, it kind of grosses him out, as Mm -hmm. it would. Of course. (laughs) And she's like, you think I'm disgusting. And then, oh, now the brood's starting to, you know, get a little active a little. (laughs) Yeah, they're getting more and more agitated. Yeah. And And, and Oliver Reed is now in their quarter. Like, they they live in this, like, dorm with a bunch of bunks. Uh And and they're just kind of milling around while Oliver Reed is trying to get Candace out of there. And he's being very deliberate in his movements and everything, Uh trying to not upset stuff. And as in the other room, when Nola is talking to, um, to Frank and reveals that thing about herself... The brood is starting to get pissed off. They're starting to, you know, like get more and more because they're just reacting to whatever Nola's feeling. Uh huh. And uh, then Oliver Reed gets it. Oh man, he gets brooded pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen what one and two of these things can do. So mm-hmm. when you're trapped in a small space with a dozen of them, it's not going to end well, man. They swarm like alien. Oh yeah, dude. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like attacked by bees, man. Yes. 
And uh, so he's he's being rampaged there, and Candace runs and locks herself into the bathroom, I guess it is. There's uh-huh. a closet or something. Right. And the brood starts chasing after her and knocking down the door and stuff. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. <laughs> it's a scary it's, scene, dude. It's like, you know, <laughs> Jack with the axe in The Shining. It is. It, breaking through the door, and Shelley Duvall's just screaming, <laughs> Wow. Um, that's what's happening here. Cause you, and you, and you see, you see about like, you know, four or five of like little brood hands coming through these holes they've made in the door. Oh yeah. And this girl playing Candace. And this grabbing girl, her. Um, her name is Cindy Hines. Cindy Hines. Uh, yep. really effective child oh, acting. Hines? Something like that. Cincy? Like Cincinnati? Maybe. I might've spelled it wrong. Who oh, knows? okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's <laughs> it's Cindy. I spelled okay, it right. good, good. All right. So Cindy Hines, she's she's do, doing a really good job of child acting here. And they're um, like grabbing her shirt and yeah. like almost like pulling it off her body. Yeah. Like they're really like grabbing this girl. Oh, I know. Like it's yeah, it's not bullshit. Like I, it, they're, yep. they're letting David Cronenberg is letting this kid be kind of, you know, uh, like jostled a bit. Yeah. And uh, and, and she, she's she's screaming and wailing and. And what's going on in the other room, of course, is is still like Frank um, trying to extricate himself from from whatever's going on with Nola. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Oliver Reed is dead. Um, he he's been he's been mauled by the brood. He, mm-hmm. he they, they they just pretty much eat eat his flesh. Yeah. You know, they, they they get him down. A bunch of bunch of little kids pile on Oliver Reed, oh and when they emerge, there's blood everywhere, and, and you don't see his face anymore. And they're all wearing these pajamas. Yeah, these, these like pastel colored pajamas. Yeah, it's oh, it's, man. it's like these these footsy pajama yeah. onesie things. Man, it's scary. You got Easter yellow and blue yes. and pink. Yes. Oh God, I know. Creepy as shit. <laughs> right. Right. And then so. Frank is confronting Nola and telling her she needs to stop and all this, and he starts to choke her. Yes. And uh, she's saying to kill her, you know, kill Mm -hmm. me. I don't know if she's saying that because she wants it over with. Um, she's tired of this, or if she's actually like yelling at him for some reason. Who, I couldn't. Who fi- knows? I, I couldn't figure that out either. Yeah. Like, like, what? What is the reason for her saying "kill me"? But um, you know? he ends up choking her to death with his bare hands. Yes. His own wife. Um, it's a really dumb choking, though. Like, it doesn't look good if you ask me. Oh, okay. the choking yeah. was yeah. bad. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> the, I, I, yeah. I, I guess I didn't pay like too much attention, but I, yeah. Well, that, the scene it was, is so it was unremarkable. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, right. yeah, it's an unremarkable choke. Right. It's not like Ken Shamrock or anything. No, he's it's no. nothing like that. No. <laughs> Puts her in an arm bar. Right. He's like a rear, you know. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, have Texas clover leaf uh-huh. coming out. Right. No. <laughs> he just chokes her with his hands in, in unremarkable fashion, and she's dead. Yeah. I guess one thing I would have liked better was a better kind of death. Maybe a more intense strangling or something. Would have yeah. made it a little better. She's but, very easily overcome. Yeah, she, she's overcome very easily. Yeah. And so since, you know, you killed the mother brain, mm-hmm. you killed the brood. Yeah. So... He goes upstairs to find Candace, and she's hiding in the corner, crying, and the brood is just sprawled out, dead on the floor. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then they they leave the cabin and drive away, and they're in the car, both scared shitless. (laughs) (laughs) You see, like, the welts on Candy's arms or something. Yep. Like, like pulsating or something. I'm not entirely sure what they're going for here, but I'm assuming... Now she is like a brood mother yes. or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. And um, the cycle's going to keep going. Right. Uh, Oliver Reed's son is probably going to give her therapy 30 years from now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's probably going to be like just repeat the whole thing all over again. Yep. Um, or she's going to just like eventually, if she doesn't become a brood mother, maybe she's just like a brood member now and she's going to kill Frank. 
Maybe, because she is blood-related yep. to these brood demon monster babies, mm-hmm. and the only difference is she has a belly button <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and right. a cute face. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, they have the same wardrobe and I know. everything. Yeah, dude. exactly. Wear the same clothes. You're right. Um, Yeah, dude, that's, that's crazy. I know. Now, do you think we kind of touched on it, but was Raglan trying to create a brood? Or, or what was his what's his game with these psychoplasmics? I don't know what his motivation yeah. is for any of this. I, I I think he I think he um thinks of himself in a godlike way. He does appear that way because he does seem to be getting some kind of pleasure Absolutely. out of these therapy sessions. Yes. So yeah, I can see that. Yep. And he's the kind of doctor who's like, all right, I'm on the cutting edge of this new technique uh-huh. and i don't care how dangerous it is i'm gonna push the limits because it's a david cronenberg movie yes exactly <laughs> and i'm oliver reed yeah. and i have a beautiful voice uh yeah <laughs> i mean like it's it, there there is no like greater motivation for him i think that other than he's just a sadist in in a in a gentle way but he likes to destroy people mentally yeah and i think he's trying i do think he's trying to come up like make a name for himself like yes. this therapy like people are coming to watch him perform therapy yes. sessions like yeah so like people are like wow this technique is really something you mm-hmm. know but i mean they don't know the deepness of it how deep it goes right but man like you said he likes that attention he's getting yeah he in. likes the notoriety wow right um, but yeah, I think he's just trying to push the limit mm-hmm. and see where it goes, man. I don't know why those audience members in the opening scene weren't more alarmed by when Michael rips his tunic off and his sores begin pulsating and they get bigger yeah. and start to bleed. They kind of like burst a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're, they're kind of hollow. Yeah. And I was like, well, why aren't these, why aren't you helping him? <laughs> You know, people, why are you just going, oh, this man's a genius? No, get down there. That guy's got something wrong with him, clearly. I don't know, man, because they're all psychology majors. And yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, all they want to do is stroke them off. And Yes, exactly. Right. I don't know. Right, yeah. Doesn't matter. It was good. It, I know. <laughs> it was still awesome. Damn. Right. Um, you know, one thing I noticed, too, about like just the overall mood of this movie, I usually don't like films in that are... Well, okay, I'll I'll just say it. Like, there's no jokes in this movie, uh-huh. um, but it's not humorless. You know what I'm saying? It it doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as it could. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though, but but there there seriously is not one line that that a character says to another that is meant to make you laugh necessarily. Yeah, there, there's no relief from this. Not like, at all. Overall tension of the movie. I I, I just I, I found that very interesting. Yeah, and. I hadn't noticed that until you said that, mm-hmm. but I mean, I wasn't, you know, on the edge of my seat the whole film. No, me neither. But during the intense moments, I definitely was. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also one character that we that we I, I'm I think it was okay that we glossed over him because he he's not terribly important, but I think he's meant to be important. Is that one guy who is a former patient of Doctor Raglan's that yeah. Frank tracks down? Yep. Um, he it's a very strange performance. I think it's. Jan Hartog or something? Jan Some, Hartog. That might be the character's name. I can't, okay. It's something like that. But he's a former patient. And yes. He's in a mental hospital now, I yes. guess. Yes. He's, he's, he's being treated in another hospital yet. Yeah. He's escaped the psychoplasmic therapy. Uh-huh. And he's... I think the reason Frank goes to meet him is because he's creating a lawsuit against Raglan. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, is it Raglan? Yeah, it's Rag... I keep wanting to say Haglan. It's Raglan. I don't know if it's Raglan or Haglan. It's Raglan. It's it is. Okay. Raglan. Now I'm confused. Okay. But good. It, good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, it's Raglan. It's Raglan. So he goes there to to you know seek advice and say, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to bring some charges on him too. You know, yep. let's let's talk. Mm-hmm. And this guy has been messed up because of this therapy. I'm sure he had problems before, yeah. but the therapy really messed him up further. Uh, like all these patients, right? You know, and he's got a deformity on his chin. It looks it looks like like a nutsack on it, his it's, on his neck. It's a really gross like like because he, he's wearing sort of a an ascot around his neck, you yeah, know, to to hide this thing, and then he reveals it to Frank, and I mean, it's horrifying to look at. Yeah, it, it, it looks like actual lymphomic cancer. It's you know? disgusting. Yes. It's a side effect of this therapy, man. Which, I mean, I can't believe that... I'll, I mean, like, it, it's the thing that, that keeps you from, from like, completely embracing Oliver Reed, like, at the end, him, him being good and, like, you know, wanting to help Frank. You're giving all these people cancer, and you know it, and you're not doing mm-hmm. anything about it. Yep. And I, I don't know what it is that's... It's never really explained, like, the science behind what's giving them the cancer that, mm-hmm. that they have, but clearly it's something Oliver Reed is doing at this clinic. Is yeah. He, is if he's drugging them first before these therapy sessions? I, I don't gonna know. I was going to ask you about that. Do, do, I don't remember seeing any kind of drugs or I don't, pills or injections or anything yeah. happening. All I see is, like, these therapy sessions mm-hmm. where he's using his mind. Yes. So is that the... Because psychoplasmics... Sounds like something you take, you know? It, it does, so, yes. So I, I don't know. Right. Maybe it was something cut out of the film, they didn't show it, or may, maybe I just missed it. Who knows? <laughs> if it's just Oliver Reed's mind waves causing cancer, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. we gotta take this guy out. Totally, man. You know? he, he needs to get brooded. <laughs> no doubt. For real. Dude, right. Um, and one thing about Oliver Reed again, Mike says this about Oliver Reed's character, Raglan. He mm-hmm. says, Dr. Raglan knows I'm addicted to him, and he doesn't even care, <laughs> which is the... That's the kind of torment he's putting these patients yes. through, and he knows it. Yeah, the psychological hold he has over, yep. yeah, and and Michael especially. It, it, it's just this Gary McKeon actor. He 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 reveals that to Frank and to um and the the guy who has cancer. Yeah. Um. And, and he he's just he's been kicked out of the clinic, and all he wants is to get back to that clinic and have more of these yeah weird he, you know like auditing sessions. He's with, addicted with, to it. Yes. I, I, I like this movie a lot. This was a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to touch on? It's a it's a minor bit of um, like Art Hindle can't help it. Mm-hmm. He looks exactly like Peter Dinklage. <laughs> it was bothering me the whole film. Uh, me, a little, yeah. And I, I finally figured it out. I was like, the oh hair, my God. The hair yeah, definitely the does. The hairdo and some of his expressions. Yeah. I was like, it's Peter Dinklage. <laughs> but, uh, Peter Dinklage was like seven when this movie came exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I was thinking, well, is Art his dad? What, what, you know, it, no, Art it was. Dinklage? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just something I had to get out there. Is Dinklage his real name? I or is that just the the stage name he took with the oh you know S A G? I'm not I sure. Know. I'm not sure. It might be his real name because it sounds. I mean, it just sounds like a little person's name. Really? It's, I don't know. The the Dink maybe. Okay. Makes me think of because because in Spaceballs there's the Dink Dinks. Yes. Uh, I yes. don't. Maybe that's what's okay. making me think that. I I immediately I'm so went politically to... incorrect right yeah, now. That, that is wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Okay, yeah. Peter Dinklage is a great actor, everybody. We He's know this. He's phenomenal, yes, dude. Yes. Love that guy. Uh-huh. Um, one thing I did see, I was looking up the actors, and uh, this Cindy Hind, the, mm-hmm. the girl, yeah. she was only in three movies. Mm. She was in this, The Dead Zone, and <laughs> Deadline. Uh, um, all late seventies, early eighties horror movies. And she, so she worked with Cronenberg again in The I, Dead Zone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, that was it. I guess her parents were forcing her to act, and uh, once she got older, she said no. <laughs> right. I'm tired of being in David Cronenberg's movies. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't want to work with Canada's greatest filmmaker ever again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got, man. Okay. Would you recommend it? Yes, I would. All uh, right. Yeah, I think everybody should see this. And also, like, we've been talking about Oliver Reed this whole episode. Check out some of his other work, too. Like Gladiator, Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, see Gladiator <laughs> very at the very last. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also see Oliver from 1968. Um, it's not a documentary about Oliver Reed. Oh. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a musical version of I, Oliver I Twist. I find it humorous. Yes. <laughs> Oliver Reed is an Oliver. I know. But most of all, check out uh, Women in Love by Ken Russell. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the opening scene of that film um, is one of the most, you know, it, it's pretty great. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's Oliver Reed. So Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. All right, I'd recommend it too. This is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of was what I expected, but wasn't. Okay. Uh, that's good, you know. Uh, yeah, In a very absolutely. good way. And Oliver Reed, man, these therapy sessions, <laughs> that's all you really need to watch no, if you really yeah. want to skip through it. But I mean, the whole movie's great. I liked everything in it. And and yeah, I I liked everything in it too. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. If all you care if all you care about watching is Oliver Reed, you're still gonna go away. Yeah, going, I, I'm so glad I sat through. I, this. I would say when the grandma and grandpa are murdered, it is a little kind of cheesy. Okay, you know? yeah, it's not the best murder scenes. Right. Uh, but what are you gonna do? But it's know? still better constructed than other stuff we've e- done. Exactly. Um, and yeah. it does the it uses the techniques we've talked about, like like doing a lot of cuts and a lot of you know coverage, so that you're not like right. lingering on a on a. Really cheesy looking effect. Yeah, and all all these prosthetic body horror stuff is it's really I mean it's what yeah. you expect with David Cronenberg. Exactly, I mean, he's an expert. Yeah, dude. So this is definitely a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. All right. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show in iTunes. Rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And I, I really want to stress rating it and reviewing it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. If you guys could go on there and leave a review. God, that'd be so awesome, man. It really would. Yeah. Helps us tremendously. It's so cool to see a review pop up, and man, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So do that, please. Or, you know, we're on anywhere else. Rate it and review it there. Yeah. Anywhere you get the podcast. Or you go to dudesonmovies.com, and you can find everything you need right there. Right. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Dudes on Movies. We'll come right up. Um, and we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please mm-hmm. drop us a line about movies. Yep. And we're going to finish up our horror month next week when we do 1988's Pumpkinhead. Directed by Stan Winston and starring Lance Henriksen. Yeah. There's a combo you want. Yeah, we're going to see some effects. The <laughs> yeah, next dude, week. Yeah. yeah. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.